Hey, beautiful people. Welcome to the BU Podcast. I'm your host, Ariel Von Bretter. Before we get into the show, I wanted to take a moment to share how I host my podcast using Anchor. It's free and easy to use. You can record and edit using your phone or computer, and then Anchor distributes your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many other platforms. It's super easy to use, and they do the work for you. I highly recommend using Anchor. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Now, on to the show. I am so excited to share this interview with you. I got to have a conversation with singer and songwriter and now international best-selling author, Carrie Rowan. We discussed her new book, Tell a New Story, and we discussed ways to start leaving negativity behind and having more positive moments now. I hope you enjoy. So Carrie, first, uh, will you just tell us a little about who you are? Absolutely. Um, So I am um, the author of Tell a New Story, Five Simple Steps to Release Your Negative Stories and Bring Joy to Your Life. And I'm super excited because I released the book in July, and in three days it became an international bestseller. So it's really, really exciting. Um, And I'm also a singer-songwriter. I've been a singer-songwriter for years, so I've always been telling the little three-minute stories through songs. So my book is really a combination of all of my work together because um, my book is interactive. So what I mean by that is there are QR codes in the book. So, um, for example, I have five meditations for each of the five steps. So as you're reading, you just take your phone and swipe it over and you can hear my meditation or my song that pertains to where you are, or I might have a video in there. So it's super high tech um, as far as books go. Yeah. (laughs) It's really fun. I love that. What kind of inspired you to make the book interactive like that? Well, um, I had spoke to a book coach, and she mentioned, you know, I always knew I wanted to find a way to get my music as part of it, and I didn't, wasn't sure how to do that. And then she told me about the QR codes. I was like, that is perfect. This was before yeah. they even were as popular as they are now, right? Like if you go to a restaurant outside somewhere, they have that little QR code so you can get the menu and um, not have to touch it. So it's funny right. how the whole thing just has evolved with QR codes. Yeah, yeah, that's so cool. And it's it's great, too, to just, like, have, like, different resources intertwined as well. Like, you know, like, they get to read your book, but then um, learn a little bit more about you through your songs and then, like, with the meditations. Like, that sounds really cool. Uh, so yeah, what inspired like you to even write the book? Oh, go ahead. Um, yeah, no, I was just I was just commenting on what you what you were saying. So, um, well, I was really inspired by a lot of things that happened in in my life, and um, I lost my dad tragically and suddenly, and my sister, as well, my older sister, within eighteen months of each other. So it was just these, wow. this turn of events, and um, you know, it was really a lot of his words of wisdom that I kept hearing in my head. And I always knew I would write a book. And so it was just, I started studying my own stories and the stories that I was telling that was making me feel worse about what actually happened. And so then once I I really started digging into my stories, I really started to notice other people's stories and similar patterns in other people's stories. You know, I became really engrossed and interested in how this affects our lives. And my discoveries were really amazing. And that's why I knew I had to write a book about that. 
Yeah, I love that. I love the idea of like we are amazing. <laughs> we just need to you know remember it and tell ourselves that. Yeah, it's so uh, true, and it's funny because we don't realize that what we tell ourselves all the time are little stories. And I talk about that in the book when I really get people to uncover what these stories are. Sometimes you'll find it's just a little mini, you know, three-word sentence that you say to yourself all the time that you didn't even realize you say it. So it's kind of hidden inside of our self-talk in some cases. Yeah. And so tell us a little bit about the book and, like, who could benefit from reading it. Absolutely. Um, Well, I feel like the book is really for people who are ready to – make a change in their life, you know, they're sick of feeling stuck, they're sick of looking at their life and telling the same old story, or maybe they know somebody, like we all know somebody, that keeps telling that same story over and over again, right? Like, it's so Mm -hmm. easy to see it in other people. So it's really for somebody who's ready to kind of, you know, dig in and say, hey, you know what, I'm sick of this same story determining where my life is, and I want to be somewhere else, and I know where I want to go, I just don't know how to get there. So this is kind of like a roadmap for people with step-by-step. It's very, you know, it's a little bit more intensive than it appears. Um, It's funny, I actually had somebody write me a review on Amazon that said, geez, I thought this was just going to be an easy read, you know, carry some weight and easy. But then I got to the activities at the end of uh, the exercises at the end of every chapter, and she really made me work through it. She really made me dig in and find out what my stories are because, you know, why bother reading if you're not going to really get something great out of it? Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so like with, um, you know, these stories that we can kind of tell ourselves, do you find that people are surprised when they start to do the work of uncovering those stories that like what they were telling themselves? Absolutely. I think even I'm surprised still sometimes when I catch myself, like, cause I'm like, gosh, I should know better, but they're so sneaky. These things, they've been there for a while. Right. So there's like big groups. So yeah, people are definitely like, wow, my mom says that, or like, oh, gosh, I didn't even realize I picked that up, you know, from XYZ person in their life. But it's really interesting because I really do think we're growing through all these stories and we're figuring out who we are through all these stories. So it's a good surprise. Like I feel like I talk about catching your stories and keeping a little notebook and bringing it with you throughout the day Mm -hmm. when you start to get into this work. And the things that come out of there will surprise you for sure. That's probably, that's a really great insightful thing because um, definitely everybody is surprised because we didn't mean to have that story, but we do. Right. Yeah. (laughs) And tell me a little bit more about um, how someone can become more mindful of those stories that they're telling themselves. Absolutely. Well, when I start teaching you how to catch your stories, that's when you start to be like, wait a minute, this story doesn't make me feel good. So like, why am I still telling the story all the time? Once you start feeling better and you start to catch on to the fact that these stories are kind of not making you feel the way you want to feel, it's almost like a natural progression, right? Like the, the better you start to feel, you don't want to pull out those negative stories anymore. So we have all these stories that we tell different people. And we might even have one version of a particular story that we tell a particular person and it is all based on our mood as well and like where our state of mind is um, so once we start and that's the first step really is starting to improve that state of mind once you start feeling better you will find it's so easy because you don't want to pull out those negative stories anymore because now yeah. that you're aware of them you know and, and also the meditations throughout the book really help you become more self-aware which help you really spend more time inside and be able to, you know, give yourself that space um, to look for those stories and be like, hey, I don't like that story. I think I'm going to change it. 
Yeah. Yeah, I, I love that. And it's just like so powerful to think of, you know, like people tell themselves certain stories and then once they notice that and then notice when they tell themselves a different story, if they start to feel better by that, then mm-hmm. they kind of notice the mm-hmm. other stories that make them feel bad. But it's interesting how they're kind of hidden, like, because, you know, if you always feel a certain way, you don't really think, mm-hmm. you start to not think anything of it until you kind of dive deeper and you know, like, I do want to feel different. I want to feel better. <laughs> exactly. We want to feel better. And nowadays it's so easy to feel bad. We have to yeah. go inside and say, hey, wait a minute. What can I feel good about here? There's got to be something, you know. Yes, exactly. And so why are stories so powerful? Well, I think just like what we're saying, we don't realize they're so powerful until we pick them up and we look at them because inside of our stories, they're like a little microcosm of our life, right? So our stories... And once we pick them up and look, we can see, oh, wait a minute, this is a limiting belief I have that's hidden right in the middle of this story. Or maybe I had an intention. I was trying to get something from somebody else or get a need met by, by telling this story. Um, and so there's so many little gems hidden inside those stories that we can learn about ourselves with that really give us the tools to decide whether or not we want to keep doing that and really rewrite that story for ourselves. Yeah, definitely. Um, and then I was just kind of thinking, you know, we were talking about stories, but then I was like, well, maybe someone doesn't really recognize what a story might be. It's so like, what are some examples of stories that people tell themselves and a, like a different way to think about it? Yeah. Well, somebody might have an old story. Let's say they say to themselves, oh, my God, you never get it right. You know, one of those little things that when something goes wrong, it just shoots through. It goes by really fast, too. You gotta catch, those are the ones that are really little buggers to catch. Um, yeah. You know, or something negative like, oh, I'm so stupid. You know, something that we have just been holding on to since probably middle school, right? So those kind of stories, you know, really are disempowering. And we think they're small and they're innocent and everybody says that. And, yeah, we all have something that we say. But every time we repeat that, we feel worse and worse, and it's very disempowering, and it's not building up our self-esteem or our self-awareness. So, like I said, you're going you're, you're gonna to find yourself not wanting to tell those stories. That's what happens to everybody. Once they say, oh, my gosh, I didn't even realize I was doing that, it's mm-hmm. that self-awareness that really makes you go, oh, i got to come up with something new. And then it's that point in time where you say, okay, here's my new story, you know, um, actually, I'm doing really well and my life's getting better every day or things are always working out for me or something small that's believable that you can start with to turn that story around, you know? Yeah. And once you start doing that, yeah, it's, it's, the, it's the manifesting of the feeling better that is really the most powerful thing that will turn people around quickly. Yeah, that's great. Um, and then, like, the other thing, like, with stories is, like, I know there are some people who, you know, like, they tell themselves these stories, but then they kind of, like, back it up with facts that seem mm-hmm. very true. You know, like, they might be mm-hmm. like, oh, I'm, you know, I can never have a job that I want, and I've, you know, always get picked last or whatever. And they actually have, like, examples. I mean, how, how can you kind of, how can they work through to really – you know, see something different and realize, like, that doesn't have to Mm -hmm. be their story. Mm -hmm. Well, we talk about reframing things in the book, and that's one of the steps. It's a really powerful step. And I think once, again, I'm going to go back to the self-awareness. Once you start to become aware and understand your mind, right, so your mind's always doing that stuff to keep you safe. All that subconscious stuff that keeps coming up, that's its purpose. It's trying to keep you safe. 
And so, yeah, it remembers all that stuff. And here's the other thing the mind does so brilliantly. Um, it's so good at looking for what's wrong, and it's so good at when you say something and you want it to be true, it's going to find ways to prove that for you. So, of course, we're always going to have 15 reasons why I always get picked last or yeah. things don't work out for me. But you've got to ask yourself the question. It might be true right now, but it's just a moment in time. It's just a snapshot in time. You can change anything at any given point. But you've got to ask yourself, do I want that to be true? All right, maybe that is true. But do I want to change that story? Do I want to keep getting picked last, or do I want everything to keep going wrong in my life? That's the question you need yourself to ask yourself. Because yeah. you can turn everything, anything around in your mind. That's the power of the mind. And when you start to understand that and understand that the better your story gets, the better your life gets, you just come right along for the ride. You no longer want to tell that story, even if there's, you know, 50 pounds of evidence for it. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, and so for people um, who are, you know, trying to work through on telling themselves something different, um, you know, I know that you have meditations uh, with each chapter. Like, tell me more about the meditations and how they kind of work with this whole thing. Yeah, that's a great question. So the meditation is a big part of getting that self-awareness, right? Because without the self-awareness, it's hard for us to, to initiate any change. So the meditation is, um, it's really giving you the space in your mind and your body, really. It's just saying, okay, every day I'm going to make a decision to sit down and just quieting my mind. Um, people get kind of hung up on the meditation piece. Like, um, it's really much more simple than we think it is. We're just giving ourselves a few moments of quiet in the mind because that calms everything, right? When we're calming our body, we're calming our mind. We're calming our nervous system. We're calming that crazy amygdala back there, fight or flight. We're calming everything, and it becomes our practice, right? So it's kind of like they talk about, you know, like bringing yoga off the mat. And that's the same thing with meditation. When you spend that time every day to meditate, you can then take that space, like I describe it as it creates the space inside of you because it's those moments of quiet and you've got the space now that you've created that you can take out into the day and the space allows you a chance to decide how you want to react, right? You can, you can go to your knee-jerk reaction, which is also some of that subconscious programming, or you can say, yeah. hey, wait a minute, I want to respond differently. I want to respond to this person out of love and kindness and whatever you've decided is most important for you. And that's the beauty of meditation. That's what meditation gives you. That moment in time to make a choice about how you want to respond, about what story you want to tell, about how you want to feel. And that's the beauty of it. You know, it doesn't matter what kind you choose. There's thousands of them out there. My meditations in the book are, are really, um, a lot of them are very visualization-oriented, and they take okay. you out of your body for a few minutes, right? So they're, I'm going to walk you through a visualization that takes you out of your body because once we're out of there, that's where we can find that calm, right, where we can just mm -hmm. really relax and, and let that, that calm space take us over. So it's really fun, too. In my meditations, people tell me that they love them, and they're really fun. So fun's always good. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> and so for someone who's like, you know, trying to get into this meditation practice, like what do you recommend that they do to get started? Well, I mean, use, you can use the ones in my book. You've you got to find something that works for you. Like people can get really hung up. I don't care if it's five minutes or 15 minutes. 
find something that works for you. There's so many things online right now. I, of course, am going to be partial to mine because I think they're easy um, to get started. But I, what I would say is get the idea out of your head that it has to be complicated. Just find something yeah. that, that resonates with you. It's, all you're doing is shifting your focus. So instead of thinking about the thoughts that are flying around in your head, think about something else, you know. Think about a piece of music that's playing in the background, you know, or another repetitive sound um, that you might be able to focus in on. So you're really just changing your focus off of all that mental chatter that's so busy in there, you know. So I just recommend people find something that really, really resonates with them because that's what's going to work for them, you know. Yeah. Yeah, like everything is not going to work for everybody, and it's definitely important to understand that like when you're trying to pick up a new practice finding what is actually going to work for right. you right and I feel like when I because a lot of people stumble with that they're like oh I'm just no I can't meditate like I just can't shut off my mind and um <laughs> it's really it's so easy to get hung up on that but whatever you're focusing on that's the story that you're telling yourself I can't shut off my mind right so yeah when you find you know what I mean that, that's just another story so I know it's like that's like a, one of those mini stories <laughs> Exactly, exactly. When you think about it like, like this, like you think about, okay, I'm just going to sit down, I'm going to quiet my mind, whatever that means for me, I'm going to listen to the one in my book or I'm going to find something that I like online. The thing where people get, get all jacked up is you're not really trying to do anything. Your body already knows how to do it. If you think about that moment when you lay in bed at night and you're all cozy, and you can feel, literally feel, your body's starting to relax, you're breathing deeper, and guess what? Your mind just comes right along. You don't have to think about it, you know, yeah. unless you're having a very stressful day. You don't have to think, oh, geez, I've got these thoughts. I'm never going to fall asleep, which is another story <laughs> you're telling yourself. But your body already knows how to do it. We already naturally go into that alpha state of mind, which is that lovely, joyful exuberant place between the time that we lay down and then the time we fall asleep. And that's just the same thing that you're doing with meditation. So if you say to yourself, I already know how to do this. Let me just find a way that works for me. Then it's a much easier way to approach it. And, and you can create yeah. a practice for yourself. Yeah, that's great. And it is almost like a small example, too, of kind of, you know, you have the one story you tell yourself, but then you are kind of finding, you know, some new evidence of how you can do it. Um, and like getting back into that practice, so exactly, <laughs> exactly. That's huge. What you just said is huge, Ariel. Because once you start showing yourself that you can do it, that's where your self worth, your self esteem, your confidence. You're like, wait a minute, I can control more of my life than I thought I could, and that's where it all builds from those moments right there. That was really beautiful what you just said. Yeah. Oh, thanks. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, yeah, so and what um what can people start doing right now to just, you know, add some better practices into their life and feel a little bit better? Well, that's a really good question. I've written a few articles about that because that's what everybody is struggling with right now, right? I mean, it's it's so easy to feel so bad these days with with everything going on. All you have to do is turn your TV on. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I always, right? I mean, it's so easy. So I always tell people you have a choice. It's, you really do have a choice. You can feel a little bit better, or Lord knows you can feel a little bit worse, especially now. So yeah. when you make that choice, right, and you start to become, you start stepping more into your self awareness, you know what? I want to feel better. 
that feeling better every day starts to accumulate, much like stress accumulates, right? If you don't take care of your stress, that accumulates and accumulates and accumulates until you're ready to implode or explode. And so it works the reverse for doing all these other positive things for yourself, you know, is, um, is really just finding a way to feel a little bit better every day. So I like to tell people um, to set up a non-negotiable morning routine because early in the morning is when you can really set the tone for the day, right, and getting on top of it before, you know, the stuff hits the fan because that's invariably going to happen. Yeah. So I, you know what I mean? So I often suggest even before you get out of bed, that moment when you realize you're awake, find one little thing to appreciate. Maybe it's... Your pillow. You love your pillow, and you can just cozy into your pillow, or maybe it's the nice sheets, or you can hear the heat, and you're thankful that it's warm in there, or the coffee's brewing in the next room, or there's somebody next to you. Whatever that one thing is, find one thing and just spend a few minutes appreciating that and going in, into the details of what you like about that, yeah. because that sets the tone before you even step out of your bed, right? Because yeah. you know stuff's going to happen, right? As opposed to waking up, the alarm goes off, you're late for your Zoom meeting, you can't even brush your teeth, you know what I mean? Like all the crazy. <laughs> yeah, it's like so, you're starting off with more of like a calmer mindset and, and, and a gratitude right. practice, which is so important right now. Exactly, exactly. I also like to do that before bed. But, you know, when you're trying to get ahead of mindset, I think what happens is we, we end up chasing mindset. We're like, oh, you know, something happens, it knocks us off our good feeling place, and then we're like, oh, how do I get back to that? So we're like kind of chasing it. So if you can start the day off in that mindset that you want to be, it's much easier to maintain that. And like you said, you know, the gratitude, and then I'll take that gratitude throughout the day. So let's, let's face it, something is going to happen that day because it does, um, things that are out of our control, but we can have a choice in that moment. We can stop ourselves and say, wait a second, I feel like I'm, I'm – you know, losing my, my good, my positive mindset. What are three things that I can appreciate right now in this moment? It doesn't have to be anything great. But that can turn the whole thing around because, as we know, appreciation and gratitude rewires our brains. And the more we right. practice it, the better we get at it. And the, we're, we're kind of, the better we get out ahead of our own minds, you know? Definitely. What else? Um, what are some other tips that you have for people? I would also say um, I love teaching people to use um, their body to manage their mind. Um, so, like, I always do a Facebook Live on Wednesday. I just changed my time from Friday. It's now Wednesdays at 1. And I share with a little morsel from the book. And then I teach them a little energy medicine. So, like, there's a lot of cool things you can do. You know, you can tap on certain points in your body. Or you could just get out and get off your desk and go outside for a walk because that physical – movement of swinging your arms in the opposite direction lines all your energy centers right back up. We don't even realize it just happens naturally. So getting out of, you know what I mean, using your body. You know, I have a stand-up desk. I like to stand up because sitting down just makes me feel really sluggish. So figure out what works for you and use your body to help your mind feel better because you can do that pretty quickly. I mean, if you think about being in a bad mood and then putting on a great piece of music, that you love and you just start dancing to it, like immediately, doesn't that just like change your state of mind like right away? Mm-hmm. Definitely. <laughs> That's like yeah, my so go-to. Little, <laughs> yeah, exactly. There's all these little things you can do. And actually on my website, I have a great little tool that people can just go and, and get a copy of it um, that gives you some of these really cool things to do. But, you know, using your mind, I mean, using your body to change your mind is a really powerful thing and a great little tool to use, especially in these times when we're all feeling extra stressed and extra anxious, you know. So 
So I yeah. love that one. Awesome. And I mean, it sounds like yeah. these are such like small things, you know, like waking mm-hmm. up and just being appreciative of your pillow or, you know, during the mm-hmm. day going out for a, a walk to just kind of like recenter yourself. I mean, there's such small things and that can have this big impact. Like, why do you think it's like, why is it so hard for us to, to do it? <laughs> <laughs> because it's hard for us to get in the habit of doing it. And, and, we resist things that make us feel good. We really, we just do. Our, our minds do that. We feel like we're goofing off or we're not working hard enough. You know, when I tell people um, that I work with, just put fun in your schedule. Just one fun thing today that you do no, for no other reason but then to have fun. Because when you can get more of those emotions going in your body and your mind and you start triggering that, those little things start to add up, just like I said before. They, they really start to accumulate. And even though they seem small, right, those tiny little habits that you start will have a huge exponential effect. It's just like, you know, money over time, you know, and, and interest accruing over time. It's the same thing. It's a small, it doesn't seem like much in the beginning, but over time, you're going to feel so much better. And you're going to look back and go, wow, I can't believe I used to tell that story or you know, not do these things that I found that make me feel a lot better every day. Right, yeah. Yeah, it's interesting yeah. that we're kind of wired to not, you know, immediately go for the happy feeling that we think mm-hmm. we're not supposed to feel happy, I think, sometimes. Right, and especially in these times. I mean, you hit on a really important point. There are people who are like, well, I feel guilty that I'm feeling good, you know. But, no, mm-hmm. the world needs more people that are feeling good. That's why I do that free class on Facebook Live because I want to help people feel a little bit better. These are hard times and there's a lot that we could feel bad about, but collectively, the more of us feeling better collectively is going to affect the masses. Because think about exponentially in my home, I've got two kids, a husband, a dog. When I'm feeling good, it's radiating out of me. It's spilling onto those people who then one leaves and goes to school or one goes to their job or, you know what I mean? It has an exponential effect on everybody around you, the way I feel, the stories yes. I tell. You know, yeah, I, I totally agree. That, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's super contagious in a really, in a really good, good way. We need more contagions these days that are positive. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and... So you kind of mentioned earlier about um, when you talk about like who this book would be good for and knowing Mm -hmm. people that kind of tell themselves um, negative stories. How do you recommend, um, like if you have a friend who you you always catch them saying that they're like not good enough, Mm -hmm. how how Mm -hmm. can you help them like retell their story with, you know, that actually being effective? Sure. Well, I mean, I've got five good steps in my book. <laughs> you could buy it and slide it to them quietly. But I mean, even before I had my book, I definitely have encountered that very same thing. And I could tell you what all my friends' little catchphrases are. <laughs> but for, you know, I think, I think friends are, especially, you know, like friends, girl to girl, are, are very open to hearing that kind of stuff, you know, and on a, on yeah. a sidebar. Hey, you know, it, it, when you come at it from a, from a point of curiosity instead of any sort of judgment, you know, like, hey, I just started paying attention to some of my stories that I've been telling, you know, and I was just so curious. You, you, I'm not sure if you're aware you tell this story, you know, X, Y, Z, I'm not good enough or whatever. I, I wonder where that's from. I wonder where does that come yeah. from? You know, and it starts with conversation because now they're curious. They're like, really, I tell that all the time? And you're like, 
kind of do. And I was just yeah. curious, like, I wonder where you got that. And then they start thinking, because now they're curious. And curiosity is a super powerful emotion, right? It's like, right. oh, I'm curious. I'm curious, too. Wow, I got that from my great aunt Lucy. I just, I better dump that one, man. That's not serving me. You know, just, again, bringing self-awareness and shining a light of self-awareness in loving kindness with your friends can make a huge mm-hmm. difference. Yeah. And I, I love that you approach it with this idea of curiosity instead of judgment. And I kind of imagine like that's how you should sort of look at your own stories with some more curiosity on how you can change it rather than like judging yourself from having those thoughts. Oh my God, totally. Because I talk a lot about that in the book. That's really insightful because it would be so easy to be like, what? I tell that disgusting story. What is wrong with me, right? Like, why am I? It would be so easy to beat up on ourselves that we've been telling these same stories for years. And that's part of what I talk about in the book is, you know, learning to have compassion for other people starts with self-compassion. And when we can be compassionate about our stories and say, well, you know what? I was telling that story because I had a need that wasn't being met. And, you know, that was my way of getting my need met. Or there's usually a higher, very noble purpose for telling that story. And we can, you can look at it from that perspective and be like, hey, I was just trying to, you know, get that need of feeling loved met with that story. Well, that's a higher cause and a noble cause. And uh, now I want to just you know, flip that story and make it more positive and healthy for everybody that I'm telling it for. Then you can be less hard on yourself, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I feel like there's just like a lot of like digging deep and like pulling back some layers of like, you know, why did this happen or why did that happen? (laughs) Like so much insight can really come from, you know, analyzing your stories that you tell yourself. Yep, so true. Just bringing them to the surface and being, you know, writing them down and looking at them like, hi, how are you? Okay, I see you there <laughs> hiding. <laughs> nice try, but we're going to work on you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, just getting them out into the open, you know, and like really just being like, um, ooh, ooh, I was using that one for a little bit of a negative intention there. So I'm going to, now that I'm aware, I'm, I'm not going to do that anymore. So the awareness is huge, right? Because once we become aware, we're like, oh, I don't care for that, or I don't like the way that makes me feel. I'm going to work on restructuring that story. Yeah, yeah, and shining some light on it just makes it come to light, and you can work through it. Yeah, especially those shame stories, right? I I don't know if you ever, if you hear any of the Brené Brown work. I love her stuff. She's got a Netflix special, and she's all about, you know, once you put the light on shame, you know, those shame stories can't live. Once you tell somebody else, the shame's gone. Because now it's right. out in the light, it's not shame anymore. Now you've got something to work with. The shame stories are those really awful ones that we don't want to tell anybody that we tell ourselves, you know? Yeah, So exactly. bringing those stories out is super powerful for transformation. And it's amazing, like I said before, like how once you start doing this work, like it just creates this huge momentum. And you, it, it's like your stories start to transform themselves because you've decided you don't want to tell a story that's not empowering to you and other people. And that's really, right. really powerful. Yeah. Wow. I love it. Um, so if you could share mm-hmm. one piece of advice, what would it be? One piece of advice. I would tell people to just be easier about their stories with themselves, you know, laugh about it and be lighter about it and, you know, find a story that makes you feel good and that inspires other people around you, Right. So I have this little thing that's posted above my desk, and it says, things are always working out for me. 
and yeah. it sounds really simple, right? It's like it's really that's actually simple. a mantra I had to start using. <laughs> <laughs> right, because we could very easily say the opposite of that and make that true. Because what we yeah. believe becomes true for us. Because again, that's that beautiful mind of ours trying to make things true for us. So. Yeah. I would say find one little positive mantra for yourself that works. And it has to be something that's believable. And pin it up. I've got a copy of this in my bathroom upstairs. I have a copy of it over my desk. And you'll find yourself starting to use it on other people too. Like I'll often use my stuff on my children, of course. And I'll be like, wow, look at the way that happened. Things are always working out for you. You know, I'm planting the seeds in their brain that they hopefully pick up on a positive story. So find yeah. something for yourself, you know, like your new personal mantra. If you already have one, you know, um, find something that really works that you can believe that's easy to make you feel good really quickly and, and it's yeah. true for you. So I think those little things can really help you um, on a really small basis every day because it's all those little tiny things that we do that add up to us feeling better eventually. Right. Uh, and I just love that you, you know, kind of share it when you're talking to your kids and stuff too because – I think the more you say it works for you, but then also like building someone else up that just says, I don't know, there's just something about that like makes you feel good and stuff. And I Mm -hmm. think because sometimes we can be so negative on ourselves, if we kind of look at like, oh, well, like you can do it, like then it kind of empowers you of like, (laughs) yes, I know I can do it too. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly, right? Like, and it's interesting. I mean, my book is so personal, like, I tell a lot of my deeply personal stories in my book. And I do that because of what you just said, because I know that when people read my story, they're going to recognize themselves. That's the power of stories as well. They're such a huge teaching tool. Um, Because when you start to look into my story and go, oh, my God, I do that too, or, oh, I didn't even realize I did that, or this person does that, then in that moment when you see the way I turn it around, you say to yourself, wow, she can change your stories. I can change my stories too. And yeah. it's really powerful. Yeah. And so where can people find your book? Well, you can find me on my Amazon, of course. <laughs> you, can run, you, can jump, you can jump to my site at carryrowan.com. I've got a lot of great resources. I mentioned some tips you can get there. I have a free little resource guide there for some tips. Um, it'll link you to my book. You can see where to get it. You can read what other people said about my book. And, um, yeah, you can find out about more of the stuff I'm doing, getting, to re- to, uh, getting ready to launch a group coaching practice that I'm super excited about where we help each other change our stories, and there's so much power in, in a group. that um, Yeah, so all this good stuff you can find at carryrowan.com. Awesome. And when does your group coaching start? Well, I'm laying out all the parameters. Um, and I don't have the exact date yet because I'm waiting on a few things that will be up on my website very shortly. I'm just so excited. I can't contain myself from telling people. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. That's really exciting. Yeah, yeah. So, um, yeah, so head over to my site and then watch that for the dates. I'm going to drop that on my Facebook page as well. Perfect. And is Facebook like the best place to connect with you, or what other social media do you like? Um, well, I like them all, but you can, fi- you can find all the links on my website. And if you want to contact me personally, if you have a question for me, I love answering questions. There's a contact form on my website, and you can get direct access to me right there, and I'll answer your questions. Awesome. Very good yeah. to know. <laughs> yeah. And Carrie, is there anything else that you um, want to share that we didn't cover? Well, I am just so 
honored to be on your podcast. I, I love the work you're doing. And, I mean, the response that I'm getting from people after reading my book is, yeah, it's really, truly blowing me away. And the, the fact that I can help people and make uh, an exponential impact on people with my book is, it's truly my mission. And, and I'm just so honored to be able to do that. So thank you so much for supporting that and my cause. Yeah, you're so welcome. I really enjoyed our conversation. And yeah, I've been, Me you know, too. working on <laughs> working on self-improvement myself. And like, I just know, like, your mind is so powerful, but sometimes it's just like so hard to conquer those negative thoughts, you know, if you kind of go down mm-hmm. that rabbit hole of negativity. So really being mm. aware of your thoughts is just so important. So and it's so easy yeah. to do. You're not alone. That's what we all do. It's so easy once you start on that negative thought to spiral down because you're always attracting more of those thoughts to you, you know. And so it's like we're talking about with the story is really learning how to catch those negative thoughts. And in the book, I give some tools, some really concrete things that you can do in your mind when those thoughts keep bothering you and they keep coming back. So there's definitely some cool things in the book to look forward to. Awesome. It's so great. I love it. Yeah, well, thank you. I really enjoyed talking to you. You're very insightful about all this stuff. And I always say we teach that which we need to learn. (laughs) We're all learning this together. (laughs) For sure, yes. (laughs) Yeah, it's like one of the reasons why I was just like, I wanted to start a podcast too because it's like I'm figuring it out and I want other Mm -hmm. people to join me along the way. And I'm very like – I'm, I'm like the positive friend. So like my friends know when they talk to me, they're going to get like some like positive thing. I'm like, I need a way to like share, share more of this insight with, without just like, you know, word vomiting on my friends all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I hear you. I'm that same friend. So I totally get that. It's awesome. Yeah. I love what you're doing. You're helping to spread it out to the world. And that's what the world needs more of right now. Um, thank you. Back at you for sure. I hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. I really hope that you will check out Carrie's new book, Tell a New Story. And I'm going to put all of her links into the show notes so that you can connect with her. And I'm curious, what stories have you been telling yourself that you are going to rewrite? Um, Please contact me. Let me know how I can support you. Thank you for listening to the BU podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please share with your friends and write me a review. I would love to hear from you. And you can find me on Instagram at beautifulchick or on my website, beautifulchick.com. Remember, be you, be beautiful.